on this episode of the Answers on Aging podcast. What they don't always tell you is that if you think that mom or dad um, need to be getting a little more therapy and that they haven't met that prior level of functioning like their goals should be set Mm -hmm. to, you can appeal that decision and you can request that they keep them in therapy and skilled nursing for longer than this letter says. Welcome to the Answers on Aging podcast. This podcast provides solutions to your questions and commonly faced challenges about caregiving, legal, and financial issues, personal struggles associated with the normal aspects of aging, and the unforeseen obstacles that oftentimes can be life-altering and even devastating. Each episode dissects real life, real-time issues, and will often feature special guests who bring expert-level knowledge and free resources straight to you. This podcast is hosted by certified elder law attorney Todd Watley and licensed nursing home administrator Sarah Scott. Together, these aging experts bring an impressive combined 30-plus years of experience to the table in order to give you all the answers on aging. That's right. This is the Answers on Aging podcast, and my name is Todd Rutley. And as always, I am here with my guest, my guest, my co-host, Sarah Scott. Hey, Todd Watley, and welcome everybody to our wonderful podcast called Answers on Aging. And thank you all so much for listening and downloading and sharing. Um, we're gaining a whole lot of more downloads yeah. and listeners, so we're really excited about that. But don't stop. Just keep pressing keep forward sharing. and sharing and liking and telling everybody about all the good stuff you're going to learn from listening. And uh, today we have an interesting to me episode. Yeah, we try to bring topics that are very, you know, recent or topical. And mm-hmm. today's topic came from a meeting we had just this morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we we met with a family in a nursing home. And got off onto this topic, and mm-hmm. we're like, "Hey, if this is important to them," yeah. and, and they were very thankful. They're like, "Thank you so much for telling us this." That we thought, "Well, I bet this is good for everybody." Yeah. So today's episode, we are going to answer the question: What is the nursing home not telling me? <laughs> okay. Sometimes when you go to the store. You don't want the staff or the person checking you out to tell you who called in and why they're actually there and that this was actually going to be their day off. You know, Mm -hmm. like there's always little things that are kind of kept quiet. Sure. You know, and it's not because they don't want you to know, but they probably shouldn't be telling you. And for one reason or the other, but it's basically for the benefit of that service provider, whether it's the grocery store or, in this case, the nursing home. So, um, today, a few things, and I mean, there are so many more, but um, from today's meeting, I think the first thing that you need to know about is that the nursing home isn't always going to tell you that there's an actual grievance process in place and that you can file complaints. And we have a whole episode about that specifically. Mm-hmm. But um, just to kind of put it in a different context, that's, you know, not 
everybody wants to say, you know what, please tell me about the bad things about the business I'm running or the mistakes that we're making. And it makes sense on one hand, but when it comes to the quality of care or the quality of life of your loved one in a nursing home, if there's something you're unhappy about or concerned about that needs to be addressed, you need to have a process in place to carry that out and to file those complaints or file those grievances. And so please go back to our previous episode to learn more in detail about how to file a grievance. But that was the first thing yeah. that I thought just out of the gate, we need to know. Yeah. And there's a whole show on that. So, and there's also a whole show on um, the topic of having to spend money on the nursing home Mm -hmm. rather than other things in order to qualify for Medicaid. Nursing homes love private pay. You know, of course, they love people who don't qualify for Medicaid and who pay the bill. And um, they like that. They want you to keep paying. It's much less hassle to deal with the state. And they want you to be private pay as long as possible. But there is a previous episode. I think it's called, Do I Really Have to Spend All My Money to Qualify? um, Or Spend All My Money to the Nursing Home. So you don't, okay? Mm -hmm. You can, the Medicaid rules are very generous to, a married couple that they they get to keep basically everything yeah. within reason and for a single person the family can protect about half of the money and the nursing home and Medicaid will not tell you that mm-hmm. okay they will not say oh yeah go see this elder law attorney and they can help you save money because then you go on to Medicaid mm-hmm. and the nursing home probably gets less money when you go on to Medicaid rather than pay privately. Right. And so um, when we're talking about paying privately, that's for long-term care. When you go into a nursing facility for skilled nursing and short-term rehab, you are in that facility receiving those services under some type of Medicare policy or Medicare supplement, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And they have very strict guidelines about how long a person is going to allow this or how long the insurance company is going to allow this patient to stay and get all these therapies and get all this nursing care. And then at a certain point, they're going to cut those benefits off and discharge you from those services. What the nursing home doesn't always tell you is, one, when they decide as the therapy department that They're going to discharge you from these services. They're going to have you sign a form that says, I'm, you know, I've been aware of this. And that's Mm -hmm. a lot of times how it's presented to the families is this is just your acknowledgement of the fact that, you know, Medicare is not going to cover after next Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. What they don't always tell you is that if you think that mom or dad, um, need to be getting a little more therapy and that they haven't met that prior level of functioning like their goals should be set Mm -hmm. to, you can appeal that decision and you can request that they keep them in therapy and skilled nursing for longer than 
this letter says, okay? Yeah. So as the PT, explain that prior level sure. of functioning theory. Yeah, I mean, and prior to the appeal, they will start talking about discharge. They're like, okay, we think, you know, we need to discharge. Well, a key phrase that you bring up to them, if you think they are not, they are discharging this person too quickly, is you say, well, this they are not to their prior level of function. And that's PLF. Those are magic words to therapists because that's what Medicare pays for is that their goal, the goal of the therapist and what Medicare is paying for is to get you back to where you were pre-injury, pre-illness, whatever. And so if the therapy team has not got your loved one up to their prior level of function, they need to have a really good reason for not doing that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Patient non-cooperation is a decent reason, but they should only say that if they have changed therapists. Right. Because many times there may be a personality conflict, you know, there there may be something going on. Mm-hmm. Change therapist to see if that person cooperates better with a different therapist. Can you hold on just a second? Mm-hmm. Because only changing therapists and acting like that was the only effort made to try to prove that this person was cooperating is not good enough. Right. There are a lot of boxes that need to be checked, including medication schedules Times just this morning this pay, this client was getting you know for the first nine days of her therapy a muscle relaxer right before her therapy sessions which made her zonk out mm-hmm. basically yeah she was not cooperating and because she, of the drug yeah. so yeah. i mean times of day we all have you know i'm either a morning person or i'm not yeah. are you better performing in therapy in the morning after lunch or in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. So there are just there are a lot of things to consider other than just switching up therapists. So mm-hmm. please True. remember that. Yeah. Okay. The other thing is, and this will make the nursing home mad because this is a huge issue and probably the number one reason for discharging someone is failure to make progress. Mm-hmm. That's a big one, and I could do a whole show just on this one topic. But Maybe I'll, we should. <laughs> but, well, and so if they're saying, well, she's not making progress, so therefore we, we have to discharge her, that is incorrect, okay? There is a United States Supreme Court case that says that is incorrect, okay? CMS is the federal agency that oversees Medicare, and... I'll just tell you real quickly on a personal note, one of the reasons I got out of therapy was because they were telling me, my bosses were telling me, you have to discharge Miss Jones because she's not making progress. And I would tell them, but if I discharge Miss Jones at home, she's going to sit in her chair, she's going to get weak, and she will go into a nursing home and die. Me going there is all that's keeping her up and going. I can just tell you, I know when I miss a day or go, you know, have to rearrange the schedule where I don't come three times a week, mm-hmm. she declines. Yeah. And if I discharge her, this will be the death of her. I'm sorry, but the rules say failure to make 
progress means she has to be discharged. And I was like, this is not right. Show that to me in writing. And they never could. They would just say, that's what our insurance carrier is telling us, that that if she's not making progress, you must discharge. Well, I basically quit over that because my patients were declining and I threw such a fit. They Mm -hmm. threatened to fire me if I did not discharge this patient. I was like, fine. Well, thankfully I got out of therapy in probably 2003 or four. Mm -hmm. And in 2012, there was a huge lawsuit and CMS admitted that that phrase never was in their rules. It never was in there that if a patient doesn't make progress, you must discharge. And the case is GMO, J-I-M-M-O. Just Google it and you'll see all kinds of um, papers and, and things on that to say that discharging someone for failure to making Jeez, failure to make progress is not a reason for discharge. And when you bring that up to them, it's going to make them mad. But you say, I think there's a CMS letter and a Supreme Court case that says you have to keep seeing them if it is documented that they will decline once therapy stops. So another, like, I think the term plateaued. Yes, that's. Has been adopted since that lawsuit so they're not technically saying failure to make progress but that's also known as Mm -hmm. plateau Mm -hmm. okay they plateaued they're not getting better and we can maintain that level and and not decline then you've got something to work with there but just because they plateaued doesn't that that's basically saying they failed to make progress so just no, those two terms or words, phrases are used interchangeably. Don't accept it. Yeah. So yeah, tell the therapist I don't. You know, that is not a reason for discharge, mm-hmm. and they'll argue with you. But yeah. quote the case and. Well, yeah. and I will say one of the suggestions that I gave the family this morning, when therapy had come to them and said, you know, mom's going to be discharged on such and such date is ask them, you know, if if the true goal is to get mom back home, then have they done a test drive and a, a home therapy assessment? Mm-hmm. The therapist will observe that, you know, for the typical married couple, the husband helping the wife get in and out of the car, they follow the husband to the house, they watch how she gets in and out of the doors, and um, in and out the bathroom, how she maneuvers in the kitchen, if she's able to get clothes out of her closet, the whole nine. And then based on that assessment and her performance will help determine if she could still use some more therapy and their goals can be a whole lot more specific to setting her up for success once she is home. Yep. Very so good that's point. a really good reason to say, no, don't stop therapy yet. Let's do this home assessment and add a few more weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So what if a loved one is not happy with their roommate at the nursing home? Yes. So you can absolutely request a new room or a new roommate. And this was, oh my gosh, such a big deal when I was working as the social worker in the nursing home because, you know, all the jobs that nobody else wants to do that aren't like falling straight into nursing or straight into housekeeping or dietary, it all lands on the social worker's desk. And basically, um, 
the, you know, incompatible roommates and room changes was one of the most time-consuming tasks that I would perform as the social worker. And so making sure that, um, you know, the resident's quality of life is as high as it can possibly be while they're in the nursing home has a huge impact from who they're living with and who their roommate is and if they're compatible or not. And if they're not, the facility's supposed to make, you know, any kind of stride basically within reason to get them a compatible roommate. Now, if you have tried and tried and had different roommates and mom is just not having Tankers. a roommate, mm-hmm. don't be surprised when the facility expects you to fit the bill for the room differential between what you were paying when mom had a roommate and what it's going to cost to keep somebody out of that other bed or the upcharge for a private room. Yeah. So that is a downside, but yeah. you can ask for a new room. Yes, absolutely. Um, and let's see, the next thing that they're not going to tell you all the time is that you can actually view their survey results and their daily staffing posts. So the facilities have to have their staffing report sign-in sheets for each shift for the last 24 hours in a public area. Um, That way, well, there are a lot of reasons behind it, but for practical purposes, emergency preparedness, we know who's in the building at all times. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also, you can look and see really quick without having to run time punch reports and all that, who is here, you know, who showed up and who didn't. That's like the one of the fir- very first things that the nursing staff has to do whenever they clock in is to go sign the staffing report. Those are submitted to the state and are subject to scrutiny and everything else. And if your staffing reports that you type in and enter to the state each month don't match with your signed staffing logs, you're going to have to answer for that. Mm-hmm. So, and then the survey results basically just let you know in the last usually at least 12 months what kind of results they have from health inspections and environmental inspections through the state, what deficiencies were cited, and what the plan of correction was. Yep. Okay. Um. And the last thing. <coughs> Oh, care plan meetings. Yeah. If you're not happy with how your loved one is being treated, if you mm-hmm. think there's they're losing weight or they're gaining weight or they're, you know, drowsy all the time or just something doesn't seem right, you can ask for a care plan meeting. They yeah. they have care plan meetings quarterly. Quarterly. And you can be a part of that, but you can also ask for them to do one mm-hmm. on your behalf to address those issues. Yeah, you can. And this is the perfect time to get input from every department and every aspect of the services and care that your loved one is receiving. I would encourage you to involve your loved one that's in the nursing home to participate in that as much as they can, as long as it's not going to, you know, confuse them or make them upset. But if they're cognitively intact and with it and still very much have a lot of say in their healthcare services, then let them be a part of that because that will empower them. That will make them feel like 
their voice matters. And it'll also give them um, a good insight as to what might be going on behind the scenes that the staff is doing that they may not know about, Mm -hmm. like lab testing and different medication reviews and and things in that nature as well. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I think that's... Mm -hmm. Sarah did a list, of course. Um, Yeah. So those are things that the nursing home may not tell you and things that I think you need to know as a um, family advocate Mm -hmm. to make sure that your loved one gets the best care possible. And um, we hope this helps you out. Please send it to folks. If you know someone who has a loved one in the nursing home, send this to them, let them listen to it and Maybe this will spark a solution or an idea for them to get better care for their loved one. That's right. And as always, yes, keep listening, subscribing, sharing, and let us know what you think by leaving a review or sending a message to our website, AnswersOnAgingPodcast.com. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the Answers on Aging podcast with Todd and Sarah. Be sure to hit subscribe and keep tuning in each week as they bring you helpful, useful, and easy-to-find resources for making life as we age as simple and enjoyable as possible. For more information about this episode, visit AnswersOnAgingPodcast.com. Click on the show notes tab and take advantage of the free resources right there at your fingertips. To see Todd and Sarah live, check out our Facebook page, Answers on Aging, to catch a live feed of their radio show every Wednesday morning from 9 to 10 o'clock. Todd and Sarah welcome feedback and love to answer your questions. So please, let them know what you think by leaving a review and share with your friends and family.